Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post Atomic Thriller Podcast with your hosts, Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Covering episode 36, Pigeons from Hell. Hi, friends. We're back. Hi, Matt. Hi, Al. I, I have a question for you, Matt. Yes, please. Why do you hate me? I don't hate you. I've, I've done nothing but kind things for you. I have, I have provided you this, this forum to, to air your, your opinions, your many well-stated and, and humorous opinions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've been a friend to you. Uh-huh. Why do you keep making me watch things like Thriller? Isn't that what friends do to each other, Al? No. No. No, not at all. Apparently, you and I have a very different different definition of what friendship is. Obviously. True friends are people who take a thing that is apparently not very good and put it in front of their friends and go, here, now talk just, about this. I don't know. What have I done to wrong you? Like, I've I've tried to be a good friend, and, mm-hmm. and this this is how you repay me. All right. Well, first of all, this is no hilarious House of Frightenstein. Well, thank Christ for that. For one thing, it's not like two hours long. Uh-huh. Nor is it, uh, what else? I, I, it did, it did feel that way, though. Star Wars Holiday Special. Uh-huh. That was two hours long, and I made you watch that. This, this felt two hours long. Mm-hmm. At least. It was, it was very, very, very long. Yeah. Um, I was kind of disappointed in this one. I had high hopes for Thriller. Yeah, but, see, I uh, kind of thought me, you... Boris Karloff's Thriller. Yes. Well, it, it wasn't called that, but to distinguish it from the song and literally the 10,000 other things called Thriller, it mm-hmm. helps if you if you Google that. I feel like yeah. since it came first, it should have been Michael Jackson's Thriller. It should. But uh, there you Sorry, go. Sorry, Boris. He was the king of pop at the time. You probably yeah. have a better shot now. Yeah, I think I think history has been more kind to... I don't know. The weird thing is... I, and I was just talking to you about this. Mm-hmm. I don't really know who Boris Karloff is. Like, I mean, I'm faintly aware of him, but I'm pretty well steeped in movies from the 30s and 40s, and somehow I just have this giant gap. Well, you I'm, you don't watch monster movies, from what not I not entirely. I've I've seen some. I mean, but, we watched the thing from another world that time. Yeah, because that was by Howard Hawks, who made uh, uh, His Girl Friday. Mm-hmm. It was mostly about how boring things are in Antarctica. Yeah. Well, I mean, he nailed that. Uh huh. Yeah. Good work. I bet they are. But, uh, but, no, Boris Karloff was Frankenstein. Ah. Now, Frankenstein the monster, not Frankenstein the doctor. Right? No, I don't know who played the doctor in that movie. Okay. Nobody does, because nobody remembers the actual Frankenstein, mm-hmm. which is why we use that now to describe the monster, mm-hmm. because... Nobody he's... cares who the guy was. Yes, because the real monster is Frankenstein. Is Frankenstein. Yes. <sighs> All right. Well, somehow I managed to cobble together a summary. I'm impressed. This is just a lot of going up and down stairs. So, yes, uh, and we're we're in the early 60s. This is from like 1961, 62, back when there weren't that many commercials, which mm-hmm. means an hour-long show was very close to an hour long. Yep. It's not like, oh, good. And now, because it's 2019, this hour-long show is 39 minutes. Yep. Enjoy nope. your commercial for Coke. Yeah. And then the, the same half- commercial for Coke. Uh-huh. Well, if you're watching on Hulu, you certainly will get the same commercial oh, 18 times. Yep. The following program is presented with... George yeah. Takei? No, it's that guy who sounds a bit like... He's got that Takei-ish quality. Is he not on there anymore? I haven't watched Hulu. I don't know. I, my Hulu doesn't have commercials. Ah. Well, that's nice, because mm-hmm. at one point I had pay Hulu, and I still had to watch ads, and that's when I just said, fuck it, I'm never using this again. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't have any ads on Hulu. Oh. 
Well, my ads are mostly from when I try to. The two shows that I watch on uh, uh, Direct Direct TV, which is what we do in the shadows, and actually, it's just what we do in the shadows now. Never mind. Yeah, and that's over this week. Yeah. So. So. Uh huh. But it is definitely that. Hey, you know that commercial? Here it is eight times. Uh huh. It, it must be sort of like a, a not very well known show, and they could only get one advertiser. So, yep. You know. Oh. Sorry, what we do in the shadows. Uh well, hopefully You're very good. Have they gotten a season two? Because they yes, they have. It. They have. Okay, yeah. No, that show. I didn't love it at the beginning mm-hmm. because it was a little too much like the movie. But as it went, it it distanced itself and it, it went into new territory and it got better and better. For well, me. the the characters had to sort of distinguish themselves. Yeah, and I still think the one guy is a little too close to Taika's guy. He absolutely is. But Nadia is the best one, and yeah. then uh, her husband's pretty good. And yeah, I hate this fucking armadillo. <laughs> Stupid baby vampire. <laughs> Your bloody right. fucking cursed hat. All right, enough enough talking about shows I'd rather be watching. Uh-huh. By the way, Doom Patrol is over and I'm sad. Oh. But uh, let me now tell you about this episode of Thriller called Pigeons from Hell. Great great title, by the way. Just mm-hmm. right out of the park, right, right off the bat. We begin with, as far as I can tell, Hank and Dean Venture driving through the American South. Then the second most terrifying thing you can imagine happens. Boris Karloff shows up and starts narrating. This happens after the most terrifying thing you can imagine, getting your car stuck in a nameless location in the American South. (laughs) Pretty much dead last on this list of terrifying things, incidentally, are pigeons. Come on, Bert from Sesame Street loved pigeons. How scary could they be? So Hank and Dean decide it would be a perfectly sensible thing to spend the night trespassing in an abandoned old plantation house. In a stunning twist, this turns out to actually be a very bad idea, and Dean ends up being possessed or something and walking around with an axe before falling over dead. Hank decides to super run away and then passes out. Sometime later, he is awakened by a man wearing no uniform or badge or any other kind of identification who claims to be the sheriff around these parts. And because Hank is an idiot, he buys it, I guess? The next portion of the episode, comprising roughly 98% of its runtime, consists of Hank and the sheriff slowly walking from one room of this old house to the next, and then back again, and then back another time. It's like the caves in one of those old Doctor Who episodes, except much slower and more pointless. Then they discuss a creepy painting and discover a piano, which is apparently a clue, but then they realize they spent most of the episode walking aimlessly from room to room and have barely even mentioned pigeons at all, so they go to the house of someone who was mentioned in a book they found in the house. Yeah, don't ask me. Jacob, one of the former servants at this plantation house. They also use the euphemisms workers and the help, but we know what they're talking about here, right? Starts talking about voodoo and zombies, and oh god, Matt, what have you gotten me into here? Then he picks up a snake, is surprised there's a snake in his hands, and then is killed by the snake. Like you do. Then it's time for more walking to discover that the sheriff's wooden station wagon is covered in pigeons. Because I guess Eulalie, who was the illegitimate daughter of the plantation owner, sent the pigeons? This is never made very clear. Then Hank is drawn upstairs to where a spooky old lady is hanging out and the sheriff shoots her. Then there are some skeletons. The end, I guess? Well, it's still better than The Greatest American Hero. Yeah, but come on. Valedictorian of summer school. That uh-huh. means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, now, um... now, you know, you this is this is obviously your genre. You, yes. you love all this creepy bullshit. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really follow what was going on because I am not that familiar with this genre. So mm-hmm. what did I miss? Uh, yeah, I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh, they are super vague in this show. 
Anytime okay. they could be explaining what's going on, they just quietly walk from room to room, and then the sheriff makes uh, uh, Hank hold the lantern while they open the door. That happens these, four times. These kids were definitely the Venture Brothers, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they just Mal they had walked, that look. Mel walked past, and she was like, is that the Hardy Boys? Yeah, also. I mean, I mean yeah, basically. Venture Brothers were partially based on them. Uh-huh. Uh, I, yeah, there's so much, and I get... It's it's about atmosphere and ambiance. I I do yeah, get, but there, the there's good... neither of those. No, but well told horror stories I totally get can mm. be very little story where you're just sort of wandering around in a creepy creepy place. That's that's all right. No, but in, in, they in didn't better, pull it off. In a better show, like that would be building the tension, and you would be yeah. sitting there wrapped as the tension was built. But like, no, and I, if it was well shot, and if it was good effects, and if it was good lighting, you'd be like, "Ooh, this is creepy." Yeah, it's none of those things, man. It's too dark to see anything. Um, well, that might be the print. That might be the transfer because this is from the early '60s, and it probably didn't get the the caring restoration that something like the Twilight Zone that's got. Entirely possible. The sound design is not bad. You can hear everything. Uh, I did. I did not care for the sounds at all. <laughs> well, the music's In fact, my good thing. Oh, okay. Well, let's talk about that. Well, the music, which thunders through the entire episode, is mm -hmm. really good. Like, mm -hmm. fucking Mal's sitting next to me going, those cellos? Yeah, they're bringing in cellos to build the tension. Fuck, here comes a theremin? It's amazing. Yeah, I, I guess divorced from this episode, it was good music. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it exactly fit what was happening, but in and of itself, the music was pretty good. Well, that's the thing, is they're creeping through this mansion with the one lantern looking for anything. It's got mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not I'm not buying it. <laughs> no, and and this kind of ties into my bad thing. Yes. Well, first, I said it before and I'll say it again, pigeons aren't scary. I don't know, um, man. What flew into my face once? That was pretty scary. Oh no, that's that is that is startling. <laughs> but it is not like viscerally terrifying. <laughs> They tried to play their idiot cooing over scary music and slow the film down. They flapped their dumb little ratty wings, but I just didn't buy it at all. <laughs> oh, man. No, it's bad. It's <laughs> Okay, seriously, though. Like I say, you, you're way more familiar mm -hmm. with this kind of a story. Yep. What, Why was the, what was the deal with the pigeons? I don't know. I think okay. they briefly mentioned that they're supposed to be like the souls of the dead, like... Uh, the dead slaves, but they were so frightened about, like, talking about how, you know, slavery existed that they never make any of this clear. Yeah, this story, the original short story was written by Robert E. Howard, the guy who created Conan the Barbarian. Yep, one of the reasons that the episode interests me enough to pick it. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I'm a sucker for these old anthology shows that adapt stories by mm -hmm. authors I've heard of. That's that's a cool thing. But uh, I'm, I'm guessing his original story probably could just come out and say the word slave because... Yeah. It's a plantation house. They're from Barbados, and they keep saying the help and yeah. workers. And it's like, guys, we know what what this really is, but it's the it's the early '60s on television, and you probably don't want to. No, they're do that, desperately so. dancing around anything, and maybe like maybe don't choose this story to adapt if you can't talk about one of the main things it seems to be about. Yeah, right. Like. We... <sighs> It's like, well, we got a great, uh, we got a great concept for a scary, for a scary hour of television, but we can't actually talk about any of it. No, I imagine, and again, I haven't read the story. I'm not sure. This is guessing based mm. on what I, what I do know about this kind of thing, and it is a little problematic. But like white authors writing about voodoo and 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 all that. Yeah. But but in general terms, the idea that 
uh, these people were obviously brought here sort of involuntarily. I mean, sort of. They were yeah. definitely brought here involuntarily. Let's be very clear about that one, Al. Yeah, no. No, I know. It's just That's just my brain trying to casual out certain sentences. Like, sure. that's just my, my, my natural mode of speech. But yes, mm-hmm. let's be clear. They were, they were dragged here and, you know, very much against their will. And, mm-hmm. But because they were divorced from their culture, but they still retain pieces of it, there's, mm-hmm. there's sort of a... And again, it's a little problematic because white people writing about exotic things that are then therefore scary because they're from a different culture. Yeah. But still, I get it. I get that these slaves or former slaves retain bits and pieces of their possibly mystical culture mm-hmm. that they brought here and and it fucked things up and that could be okay but you can't use any of that no so. that like i there's briefly the, there's stuff about like zombies but it's like not the like the night of the living dead zombie it's like the 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 voodoo zombie which is being controlled by somebody yeah, I don't think pop culture zombies were really much of a thing in the early 60s. No, no, like, this is... Night of the uh, Living Dead was late 60s. Yeah. No. So, I mean, they, they existed in, you know, like, Haitian myths or whatever, but I don't think there were a lot of movies about them, were there? There were a couple of, like... Yeah. This is, like, but, White Zombie, and uh, I think I Yeah, but not well-known. But, uh, no. Yeah. Not like now, of course. Well-known to me, a person who has books and books of monsters. Well, sure. I get that. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I just so like it feels like that was a main part of it that would have made more sense and mm-hmm. it didn't. No. Also, I'm sure pigeons must live in rural areas because they obviously existed before we built cities everywhere. Mm-hmm. But I think of them so much just in in like as a symbolic thing as a city bird as mm-hmm. as when you see a pigeon it's cuz you're in an urban area. So it was a little weird to me to be out in a plantation where there were pigeons. Well that's the thing. The horrible uh cop character mentions at one point. I'm I've lived here my whole life and I've never seen a pigeon. Oh okay. I guess so I maybe they're that. supposed to be like menacing cuz they're they came here from the city. That's just moving. Like But again, I know that there are menacing birds. There mm. are there are, you know, ravens and crows and that kind of thing, but pigeons yep that was another reason i picked it the title is a weird it, it's just weird and i've seen like twilight zone and and uh, uh hitchcock presents like i've seen other anthology shows do sort of wacky episodes mm-hmm. where it's like okay but this one is about the pigeons from hell yeah and no it, it's well it's a guy being tormented by pigeons and it's funny well watch like the birds you know like yeah, and the weird thing is this predates the birds. Like no it's kidding. Wow. Some similar concepts, but that movie was like five years out from this. Well, like three, but still. I've just watched a wonderful bit hour of television called Pigeons from Hell. I'm going to adapt it into my new movie. I don't think that that's how that happened. I'm I hope Alfred it's not Hitchcock. <laughs> Get me a guillotine that I may place my head under it to shoot the bumpers for my film. Listen, those those uh, those intros to Hitchcock Presents were some of the best like comedy sketches I've ever seen. Oh, he's so good. Who wants Play. to buy seven hundred copies of Psycho? <laughs> I bought all the books, so no one would know the ending. Yep, very good. Uh, so my good thing. Yes, I I was for a minute. I thought this might be good. Mm. Because in the first minute of the episode, Hank and Dean drive their old jalopy over a rickety old wooden bridge, and it is legitimately the most terrifying thing I've seen on screen in as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Like, I was sure the car would just fall in, like, in Beetlejuice, and they'd just be dead. Yep. 
but well, look, that there's, didn't no, there's nothing scarier than your uh, than your car breaking down in the South, man. I've seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I've I've had it happen to me in actual real life. Oh God, I uh, I, I flew down to Florida with my dad once mm-hmm. and bought a car and drove it back up to where we lived in Maryland, mm. and it broke down on the way back. Oh boy, through the South. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's rough, man. It's it's every bit as rough. And we were on the main highway that goes up the East Coast, and that was rough. I can't imagine being on back roads. And then some pigeons showed up. Yeah, well, obviously. And then I was in mo- nothing but trouble. <laughs> wow. Yeah. There's a reference. Uh-huh. I, I did not expect you to pull any Chevy Chase movie, much less that one. I do hate Chevy Chase, but <laughs> it also has Dan Aykroyd in it, so. Ah, uh, that's not that much better. No. John I know, Candy? I know. Yeah. John Candy has the benefit of no longer being with us, so you can't really speak ill of him. Uh-huh. Also, we never learned anything particularly bad about him before he died. So. No, that's a plus. No, I like I like John Candy. Actually, I like uh, all of those guys in certain movies. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they all seem like horrible old men now. Uh-huh. And John Candy never had the chance to grow into a horrible old man, so he sort of preserved that way. Stop trying to make Ghostbusters happen, Dan Aykroyd. Stop it. I don't know what to tell you about that. Jesus. <laughs> You're ruining it. So, I, again, really, I just want to be sure I didn't miss something because you understand how these kinds of stories work. No. And maybe, maybe I missed something. No, the pigeons like, turned him into an axe murderer? Maybe, or maybe it was the old woman who lives in the attic. I don't know. So, again, they can't say slavery, but it's very clear. They said uh, the the actual children who lived in this house mm-hmm. w- were her siblings. Yes. They had uh, the same mother and, or uh, no, the same father, but different mothers. And uh-huh. that's how they said he knocked up a, a slave, slave woman. Yeah. Yeah. They, he Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. They really, they, re- oh God. They no, really- that was, that was actually a clever way to make that work. Mm. Cause it was pretty easy to figure out what was really going on. Sure. I'm, I'm okay with that. But again, I feel like, a lot of that stuff should have been fundamentally part of the story and and wasn't. Mm-hmm. And when they went to the old man's house, that felt, I don't know, just uncomfortable. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, so th- there's an old man who is like a former slave who's living like mm-hmm. over there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And also I'd like to point out that it kind of sucks when you're, you know, you're in your you're in your scary haunted house and you just decide to leave to go ask some questions. Yeah, to go to a different haunted house and then mm-hmm. go back to the original haunted house. Yeah. Uh-huh. This is a slightly smaller haunted house. No. So we talked to the uh the former slave guy and that's a that's a lot of the cop guy yelling at him and uh-huh. calling him boy, which is really upsetting. Yeah. I mean, he called uh Hank Venture boy as well, but it doesn't matter. That's, well, no, you know. we're talking like Yeah, no, slave, I understand. The former slave's eighty years old, just if yeah. you want to get like if you want to ignore yeah. all of the racism. No, I'm I'm with you. Yeah. I'm absolutely with you. But oh. yeah, and then there's a lot of exposition there, and then he gets bit by a snake that he picked up. Seriously, was I wrong about that? No, no. And you know what? It was. I'm sure it wasn't. It was supposed to be. He found like the snake in the fireplace, and the snake bit him. But like, it looks like he just like, oh, a snake, oh, a snake. Yeah, exactly. He went over and picked it up, and then was surprised that he had a snake in his hand. <laughs> now, there was. This whole aspect of like when the first brother got killed, mm-hmm. he slept, he, he sleepwalked upstairs. Yeah. Wow, what is the past tense of sleepwalk? Sleptwalked? Sleptwalked. I'm trying to conjugate both verbs in that and it's all wrong. 
slept walked? No, Will sleepwalked. To sleepwalked? Yeah. Will have had sleep. <laughs> Will have synambulism. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> he synambulated up the stairs. <laughs> and the idea was that he might have been possessed or something. Yeah, but and... again, like, it's super vague. And then, like, when he comes down back down the stairs with the axe. And he's covered in blood. And actually, that wasn't too bad. That was a little, like, I'm surprised they got away with that amount of gore on, on television. Well, it was still, like, really early days. Like, was, I don't know if we it had, was like... late enough days that you couldn't show, like, someone being hacked up by an axe. And at one point, when they go back to the house, the other brother looks down and says, oh, my God, is that my brother's? And he trails off. Mm-hmm. Like, like, a piece of him was hacked off. Yeah. And I'm surprised they got away with that, too. No, but, like, so they show the brother uh, covered in blood. They show uh, Dean covered in blood. Uh-huh. But, like, later, I had to learn from Hank later that he had gotten his head crushed in because I didn't know because they don't show you that. Like, well, he's right. just got blood on but, him. But when this stuff happens, you just see him, like, they're sleeping in this abandoned house, which, mm-hmm. what? Yeah, that's... Who thinks, oh, no one's living in that house. Now I live here. No. Nobody. Don't do that. Yeah, no, like, first of all, don't just wander into a house. I guess I can stay here. No, you can't. That's what I'm saying. Putting aside the idea of haunted whatever, like, assuming you don't think that's real, because it isn't, <laughs> like, why would you go to a house? Like, don't do not do that. Sleep yeah. in your car if you're stuck. Yeah. But um, anyway, so uh, we see him, like, they, they go to sleep, and then he gets up and wanders upstairs. Mm-hmm. And... Later, his brother says uh, he, he sleepwalked. And I did not get that from the original scene. No. How do you know that? How do you know he didn't just get up to pee? Or since it's the early 60s and peeing doesn't exist, he got up to wander around. Like, mm-hmm. what made you think he was not, like, consciously in control of his actions there? Yeah. Nothing. There was no indication of that. It was just, it was just a weird thing to throw in there. Mm-hmm. And so he was, like, possessed to go upstairs and get an axe, like, I guess. Yeah, okay. That's the same thing that happened to his brother near the end. Mm-hmm. Until so the maybe... sheriff yelled at him a bunch until it cured him. No, and then he shot the, the old woman that was standing behind him. Mm-hmm. There's, a, oh. there's, a, there's, a, there's a scene at one point where where uh, the, uh, the, 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 the former slave guy, what the hell was his name? Jacob, yes. Jacob, yeah. Says the only way to kill the, only way to kill the, uh, the old woman is to shoot her with a lead bullet. And I'm like, that'll work for pretty much anyone. Yeah, well, uh, also, good thing bullets are made of lead, I guess. Yeah, no, that works real well. I was worried we'd, we'd have to go find some silver and melt it down or whatever. Oh, no, just buy a bullet. Yeah, I'm surprised you had to specify that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lead bullet from a gun that shoots bullets. Like, how? Like, it's her okay. only weakness, Al. All of this is understood. That uses gunpowder to project the lead. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no I let get me, it. Let me draw you a schematic here. I'm not sure you're getting this. <laughs> Now, listen, if the bullet doesn't work, you can also stop her with... It's called a knife. <laughs> Find a really sharp piece of metal. No, I get it. Yeah. Also, or... she's allergic to being pushed down the stairs. <laughs> I mean, it's like when you list all the things that can kill vampires. Most of those kill anybody. <laughs> Stake through the heart? Yeah. Yeah, that'll do it. Uh-huh. Cutting off their head? Uh-huh. Yep. Stuffing the neck with garlic? Well, that seems like overreacting, but... uh... Mm. Yeah. Uh, What else? I feel like we're going to run short here, because very little happens. Yeah. No, it's very... like It feels very like we're trying to up the the tension, and there's just none there. 
Yeah, for a show called Thriller, the show is mostly people walking from room to room. Yeah. And I get, okay, you got a budget, and you, you've got a creepy house set, and you want to take full advantage of mm-hmm. it, but maybe that's not the best way to do that? Yeah. I don't know. No, this is just, I've seen a lot of haunted house shows in my time, and this is not one of the better ones. Like, okay, so so throw door, some good like examples the out there. It closes by itself, and it's just like... Uh, I get that, but you can't keep coming back to that well. Like, so, at some point, something haunted has to happen. So throw some examples out there of ex- like that were done well, like this this kind of thing done well. Just uh, just for people, the people to sort of calibrate their their you know expectations. Well, just off the top of my head, like uh, Haunting a Hill House is really good, mm-hmm. or uh, House on Haunted Hill, the Vincent Price one. I forget if that mm-hmm. actually has a ghost in it or if it's just him being <laughs> cruel to his wife. But uh, I saw the riff tracks of that and I don't remember. Yeah, uh, I do. Oh, I do know. That the evil witch it, uh, puppet in that is also the same woman that was in this. Oh, well, that's something. Uh huh. Or at least they look very similar. All right. Um, let's see. Paranormal Activity is actually very the first one before they got mm-hmm. terrible is actually really good for like the very like the slow weird crap happening just off just off. Okay, camera. but like but like back in the day, like mm. old creepy black and white movies is more what I'm asking. Like, uh, what, okay. what would be something these guys could look at and say, oh, that's how you do it? Oh, God, I don't know. Um, that's that's what I'm thinking, because when I think of old black and white stories in a haunted house, they always seem cheesy to me. Like, yeah. I just started watching the other night because we're watching old movies. I think it was called The Cat and the Canary. It was, like, supposed to be sort of a comedy, mm. and it was Bob Hope, and I realized, I remembered how much I fucking hate Bob Hope and turned it off ten <laughs> minutes in. I don't know. Right. I, just, I hate this fucking guy. I I didn't like him as an old man. I thought maybe when he was young, maybe he was funny. No, Bob Hope has never been funny. No, and it's 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 uh the dead relative, the dead rich relative called everyone to his house, mm-hmm. his spookum's house, to read the will, and they all have to spend the you know that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And then Bob Hope's there just making like the cheesiest one liner aside. Well, uh, well, uh, I made it about golf. But uh, I made it about 10 minutes into that and said, oh, right. No, thank you. But (laughs) then I got to thinking, okay, so if they're making comedies about this in 1939, this was already already played out. Yeah. So there must be a good example of this in back in the day is what I'm saying. Yeah, There There must must be at some point have been a good one. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Okay, because like, I mean, it's no secret. This is not my favorite thing, but I'll watch a good example of anything. Sure. I just don't like sitting through. 50 bad ones to get to the good yeah. one that's that's it's not that i don't like horror it's that i don't like bad horror i yeah. don't like bad sci-fi either mm-hmm. i'm a well, sci-fi fan anything, but really yeah but it, it, genre things tend to have a, a a very sort of like a ratio that's very you know unfair. Oh, yeah. like for every 20 bad sci-fi shows there's one good one mm-hmm. i don't want to watch the 20 bad ones no. just like i wouldn't want to watch 20 bad horror movies. i have very little time these days no, I have lots of time, but I'd rather use it watching things I like. I only have so many hours when I'm not at work these days. No, well, there is that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Uh, let's have a look at the notes. There's a there's a point. So the sheriff, seriously, it really bothered me that there was no indication that he was the sheriff other than that he said he was the yeah, sheriff. Yeah, it's just some weird dude who reminded me a lot of the asshole from last week. I could see that. Just another a, another loud old man with a gun being racist. He didn't have the accent that he should have had, mm-hmm. because otherwise he was the 
the old southern sheriff who don't like outsiders around these parts. Well, boy. You know that, yeah, exactly. Son. And because he didn't have the accent, it, it he, he didn't completely convey that, but I think that's the character type he was supposed yeah. to be. And, all right, that's fine, I guess. You got to have, like, a disbelieving authority figure in these things. Mm-hmm. But there's a point where, and again, he's... He's not identified in any way. Put a hat on him with a star. Yeah, I know for a... F- All you guys were filming at the time was Westerns. You can get a fucking sheriff star to stick on him. Also, my my sort of go-to for old-timey Southern Sheriff is Andy Griffith, and that motherfucker walked around in his uniform all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, they wore uniforms. Oh, look so out, people Andy. Knew. It's the pigeons from hell. Now, Barney, <laughs> you know pigeons aren't scary. Don't go spooking people. This is the only thing I know about uh, the Eddie Griffith show. It's actually, like, I'm not suggesting you watch it. But it's <laughs> but actually it is pretty the, good. But it is the show we'll be watching next week, Matt. So <laughs> It's actually pretty good. <laughs> like, y- you have to, like, okay, for the time. But it might have been the first great uh, small town full of kooky people. <laughs> and which became a whole, you know, a whole cottage industry. Sure. But that might have been the first great one of, like, everyone in this town is, uh, you know, is some kind of a comedy character. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, so you got this, like, unmarked sheriff. Yep. Who, I guess, is undercover as an asshole? I don't know. <laughs> but at one point, they go they go back to the house, <laughs> and he looks at the body of, of the dead brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he pulls his driver's license or whatever out, and he says, well, his name was whatever. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it's a good thing. Like, it's it's a good thing we found his license because his actual brother saying, yes, that's my brother that's who my is brother. dead. This is his name. Uh-huh. Nope, can't believe him. Got to look at his license. Mm-hmm. Like, what? What? Well, son, I still believe you may have murdered this man. Well, that, I don't know. That I get, at least. Yeah. But I don't understand. Identifying the body of your closest living relative... Is not good enough for the sheriff. He's got to see proof in writing. Mm, well, the, this uh, this thing from the government says that he's your brother, so I suppose I can believe you for well, now. Well, if there's one thing we know about the Deep South is that they have a fundamental trust in the government. <laughs> That's one thing they're known for. Sent those revenue boys around again. They didn't fight a whole war, like, trying to break away from the government for awful reasons or uh. anything. Yep. Uh. <sighs> Anything else? Like, I'm thinking, oh, well, we're running real short. But yeah, I, real short honestly, this week. I don't have, like, what else is there? Nothing. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. So how are you doing? Uh, yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah. Uh, so my quote. Yes. Oh, I am not going to play a couple this. Of minutes. I am not going to play this whole thing. This is the requisite, you know, and again, I'm familiar with Twilight Zone. I'm familiar with uh, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, mm. but I'm sure there were millions of these other lesser examples of like anthology shows hosted by someone you've heard of Mm -hmm. and boris karloff emerges from the set just like just like serling used to do just like jordan peele does now yep just like the camera pans over from the action and he's standing there the whole time which always delights me every single time oh he was just he didn't help them what a dick (laughs) rod serling you could have stopped that angry mob from murdering that poor man nah just standing over here having a smoke Look, I only get 15 minutes a day for smoke break. I'm not helping anybody. Rod Serling? Yeah. You got 23 and a half hours a day for smoke break. <laughs> and the rest of that time is for lighting cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> um, But it, it's it's not a bad intro, except it goes on for like two whole minutes. Yeah, it freaking does. 
So I'm not going to play the whole thing, but I did like it. So here's here's a piece of that. All right. The swamp is alive, crawling with creatures of death, creatures that lurk, camouflaged in the undergrowth, waiting patiently for an unsuspecting victim. And our young friend was alarmed by a flight of pigeons. Harmless, you say? Well, you'll see that he has good cause for alarm. For those were no ordinary pigeons. They were the pigeons from hell. And that enjoy- I, I did enjoy that, legitimately. Yes. He, has, just, it's, it's he, he has gravitas. He's a very good crypt keeper type guy. Oh, yeah, and he, like, he knows, like, okay, I, and I'm sure his star was fading in Hollywood at this point, and he took the TV work for, for money, mm. but he, he still showed up. Yeah. He didn't just phone it in. He's like, mm. okay, if I'm going to do this job, I'm going to do it well. People are showing up to see me be creepy. That's what I'm going to be. Yes. So, you know. Can but, even you save yourself from the pigeons from hell? And because Probably. this is an anthology show, I feel like there must be some good ones. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like, another reason I picked it. Well, this, this show is very highly uh, highly praised from the stuff I saw online. Well, there might be other good episodes yeah. of it. It's just like you can get a dud, you know, any anthology. That's the whole point of it. Yeah. It's like it's all different stuff. So maybe there's good ones, but I haven't seen any. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Like I say, I don't. I'm not trying to to duck out early here or anything, but uh, it's just not much else to say. Yeah, not really. The pigeon- also, we've been just. Dis- well, go ahead. The pigeons on the car made me laugh. It just reminded me anytime like someone goes out to their car and there's like a like there's like a whole gang like hanging out on it. Oh yeah. No, they're they're annoying. Uh huh. I just don't find them thrilling. Ah, hey pal, this your car? Real comfortable. Uh-huh. <laughs> I could stay all right. here all night if I had to. <laughs> Me and all my 50 friends. Ooh. Uh-huh. Oh, terrifying. <laughs> coo. Now, is coo funnier than caw? No, nothing is okay. funnier than caw. I mean, I figured not, but I just I wanted to be sure. Oh. <laughs> all right. Hilarious. So that's all for this time. Uh Next time, as as we are doing this, uh, we you know Matt picks something from the '60s. Mm-hmm. Next is for me to pick something from the '70s. Yes, what I have chosen is a delight for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll be any good, but follow my logic here. I have chosen an episode of The Incredible Hulk. Ah, wonderful. Yes, which you know, like as I recall, as a kid, mm-hmm. it was about five minutes of Hulk every episode, and and. 50 minutes of this guy, this sad guy wandering from town to town and solving people's problems. Well, this is great because I was actually looking for an episode of Incredible Hulk to do for the seven for the 70s. I couldn't really? find one, so I'm glad oh, you did. Well, let me let me walk you through this. All right. The episode by by title, you'll already understand why I picked it. It's mm. called Alice in Disco Land. Oh, oh, this is a gift. Uh, no, you haven't even heard the good part. yet. All right. Um. Well, this isn't this isn't the good part. This was just interesting to me. I tell, like I don't really believe in signs or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But the premiere date was my fourth birthday. Oh no! So like, <laughs> oh, okay, that's nice. November third, nineteen seventy eight. All right. Here's here's the kicker because I am trying for something very specific with my choices. Mm-hmm. The guest star of the week, Mark Alimo, TV's Gul Dukat. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm trying to keep mine sort of tangentially related to Star Trek. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull that off every single time. Mm. But that's that's what I'm trying to do. That's awesome. I had already chosen this, and then I looked at who was in it. And it was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Perfect. That's that's amazing. 
So 20 years, well, 15 years before DS9 started, mm-hmm. you're going to see this guy. I bet he looks like 50 years old and craggy still, mm-hmm. but, you know. Well, well, if it isn't my old friend, the Incredible Hulk. David, Bar- one thing I remember about that show is every week he had a different alias. It was David Banner, and then it was David Bonner, and David Ban Shield, and da- like... Just every single time it was something different. Well, I remember reading somewhere that they couldn't call him Bruce Banner because the idea that well, everybody Bruce is a gay Bruce name. Was a gay name, which Yeah, but but he also changed the banner every time because he was on the run. Mm-hmm. But it was always very close to Banner. It was just always so awkward. Hi, I'm Bruce Flag. I'm <laughs> Bruce Banfield. Look at Banner, so, Michael. Yes. <laughs> Look at Banner, David. He's turning into Hulk. Now it's probably gonna be terrible. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not suggesting after going on and on about how terrible your choices are, I'm not suggesting this is going to be good. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be interesting, if nothing else, because Disco and Gul Dukat. Yep. So. And the Hulk. Now, here's the best part uh, for, for the people following along. This is available free and legit mm-hmm. on, of all places, NBC.com. Yeah. Which is weird, because I, I remember the show airing on CBS. I might re- be remembering wrong, but... It's on NBC.com. They have all of the episodes of the old Incredible Hulk show streaming for nothing. You probably have to sit through some ads, but mm-hmm. probably that same ad for Coke. Mm-hmm. But God damn it. it is it is streaming there. It's it's uh, season two, episode seven. Mm-hmm. So you can you can watch along with us. Uh, and that's what we'll be covering next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see the website as ever. Postatomichorror.com. If you want to write to us, postatomichorror at Gmail. We are on Twitter at Algar, at Robot Matt. Uh, you should check out our fanfic project, Endeavor. The, the new episode uh, has just dropped as of this yeah. recording. Yes, it, it usually drops on the 1st. I dropped it on the 31st because the 1st is a Saturday, and mm-hmm. I wanted to get it out there while people were actually, you know, on the internet. Yeah. So, but it's out there now. We're, we're very pleased with, with how all of that is turning out. Yes. Uh, check it out. It is at ussendeavor.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, as ever, once we hear when the Picard show and all the other things are happening, we will let you know when we're getting back to doing what we're here for. Yes. But until then, we'll be doing this. So mm-hmm. uh, enjoy that. This. All uh, right. And that's all for this time. Yeah. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Thriller Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2019. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this until Star Trek comes back.